0: Welcome everyone to Check Yourself. You're listening to our first, that's right folks, our first exclamation point podcast episode. Check Yourself is a collaborative project brought to you by the Community Health Education Center or Check, hence Check Yourself, at Salem Health Hospital in Salem, Oregon. My name is Leah Burkhart. I'm one of the health educators on the team here and the show's current hostess. Just to give you a little bit of background about me, I've got a master's degree in health education and in nutrition. I'm an NBHWC board certified health and wellness coach. I'm basically just passionate about health, but not only in the sense that I want people to get sick less, which would be great. I'm really interested in tapping into what makes people feel whole and supporting them in their interpretation of whatever that means. That's a big part of what led me to join the team here as it happens. So back to The Check. The Check's mission is to provide accessible, affordable, and big emphasis here, we hope, engaging health education for all members of the community on topics that cover everything from birth to end of life. Our podcast is meant to be an extension of that mission. But more than that, we are hoping to breathe some life into health education, give it some rhythm, if you will, or maybe just have a real conversation about it. So often when so-called experts talk about health and wellness, the conversation tends to be kind of dry, and usually it's academically oriented, which is fine for people like me, you know, health nerds. We love that kind of stuff, but it often comes across as preachy, shamey, I've decided shamey is a word, by the way, and to be quite honest, kind of boring for most people who are just trying to live their lives as best they can. We mostly all know what we should be doing in order to get ourselves healthy or wealthy or happy, at least in theory. But few people speak to the real challenge that comes with making these changes in the context of our everyday lives. Like, for example, sure, I know meditation, exercise, exercise healthy food and adequate sleep are good for me. But how do I squeeze all that in when I have a full-time job or two? children who are making a bid more for my attention. And in the case of 2020, I don't know, a fire that's consuming the entire west coast, a pandemic that's wreaking havoc all over the globe, or an election that's determining what support, if any, uh, we we can expect to get during these uncertain times. So yes, In our podcast, we'll still be talking about health and wellness topics in terms of like the nuts and bolts of it. What constitutes healthy eating? What actually happens to us when we sleep? How do we reduce our risk for contracting diseases like COVID? How important is our weight? How are supplements good for you? Are they good for you? How much exercise is enough? What kind? How do I curb anxiety? How do I beat back the beast that is insomnia? and how do I go about the business of getting happy? These are just some examples of the kinds of things we'll be covering. But we're also hoping to speak to these issues in a more grounded and personal way. You know, often as health educators we walk into an audience and we hear things like, I know this is a stupid question but it never is. Or they assume we educators are probably super health nuts who are always following every possible health tip we are always getting our eight hours of sleep, we are super calm, we surely never Netflix binge or polish away a pint of ice cream, we always eat all six servings of vegetables recommended by the World Health Organization, oh and yes we poop rainbows. Nope 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 and so much nope. We're humans, we get angry when we have a bad day, we smell funny when we don't shower, we try our best to walk our talk but even with all those initials behind our names We also find ourselves scratching our heads, trying to figure out how to juggle a full-time job, maintain our relationships, practice self-care, and somewhere in a few stolen moments, have a bit of unadulterated fun. In short, we're hoping to, yes, educate, but also start a dialogue. Our hope is that you walk away from each episode learning something, but also having a bit of self-compassion as you realize that this stuff is hard and you're not alone. I want to say a big thank you to all of you out there listening there's nothing quite so valuable in this world that one can give them their time. So for you to be giving us some of yours is extremely generous. I also wanna say that if any of these topics excite you, or if you wanna go into a deeper dive, we encourage you to visit our website at www.salemhealth.org slash check. We offer resources, including classes, on each of the topics that we speak about in these podcasts. If you do not live locally, it is our hope that this content is still useful to you. The classes we provide Yes, we're initially intended for our physical community, as in, you know, you walk in and there's a physical space and you see a person <laughs> and that person talks to you in person. But uh, thanks in no small part to COVID-19, uh, we've had to get creative. And that, even though it's, you know, change is challenging and it and certainly as it relates to COVID, it's, there's been a lot of tragedy around it, there are sometimes glimmers of hope, and even positives that can come out of it, this may be, hopefully, being an example. Because now, while before we were solely a benefit to our own little community, hopefully this expands out to anyone who might be interested in hearing us out. If you do live locally, as of right now, our Community Health Education Center, at least as we record this podcast, is still open. We have a library of books that you can physically check out, should you want to read up on some of the content we cover, we also have health educators on site. You know, we have to, you know, some of us have to be working from home on any given day, but currently, again, as we record, there is a human who can speak to you should you have questions that you want to be answered. So basically, just don't be shy. Please come in and see, quote unquote, us in whatever capacity makes sense for you. Finally, as we're recording these initial episodes, Again, we are at the tail end of 2020 so that means that we, like many other podcasters out there, have had to get a little creative with how we go about recording our conversations. We are social distancing. A couple of us are working at home from at any given time. So we needed to use virtual recording tools, no shocker here, like Zoom. This means that the quality of sound for each of our voices may be distinct from one another. We apologize if this is a distraction. Please know we're taking pains to make the quality as crisp as possible and we look forward to only making increasing improvements as our recording options expand. Sometime between, you know, now and, I don't know, infinity when COVID isn't quite as large a menace as it currently is. With that, I'm thrilled to be introducing you to Nancy Baldwin. Nancy is one of the primary stakeholders responsible for the creation of the check. She's one of those rare people who is basically good at whatever she decides to try her hand at. She's a certified health education specialist, as well as a certified bucket load of things in the field of health education, which she will discuss, of course. Nancy is also quite simply an extraordinary human being. Anyone who meets her walks away enchanted. Anyone who has the privilege of spending any considerable amount of time with her walks away feeling seen, heard, and understood. Basically, Nancy is a magician that always knows how to fill up your cup. So having said that, let us begin.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Check Yourself, a health and wellness podcast aimed at helping you create your best life. Okay. Well,
0: I'm here with Nancy Baldwin. And, hi, Nancy. Hi. <laughs> hi. Hi. So, uh, how about we begin with you just telling us a bit about yourself?
1: Um, well, I am. I I was born and raised here in Oregon, and um, I am currently the uh, supervisor for the Health Education Center at Salem Hospital. I'm also health educator there. Um, you know, I had a brief stint of time in my life where I wanted to get as far away from uh, my birth environment as possible. So uh, I was looking at college. I was looking at getting all the way across the country, Maine, uh, really um, anywhere away from Oregon. And then once (laughs) I left, I realized what a wonderful place Oregon was. And I spent a lot of time and effort to get back here. So (laughs)
0: Right? Sounds like the typical coming of age story. <laughs> what did you like about what makes it so wonderful? What was what made it worth wanting to put forth the effort to come back?
1: You know, um, honestly, we have everything here. And um, if you're an outdoors person, even if you're not an outdoors person, but you fancy that someday you will be, um, <laughs> it's all here, right? So you can go to the mountains and be in the snow or you can go to the coast and see the ocean. And, um, you know, there's mountain biking and all, all the activities, um, the weather's mild. We're, we are not in the pathway of any major national natural disasters. Uh, so, you know, tornadoes, electrical storms, uh, locusts, none of that <laughs> is real here. And so it started to just seem more desirable to, 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 put roots down permanently here and raise my kids here.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. When you mentioned that you had wanted to get far away, what are some of the places that you've seen and been to?
1: Well, I think, um, you know, I've been to several of the states and, you know, done, dabbled with time in different places. I was fortunate enough um, as a young person to travel quite a bit. My mom Traveled a lot for business, and I was the tag along child, not the planned one. So, my siblings were grown and gone. And so, everywhere she went, I had to go, um, mm. which when you're a kid it feels like misery, but <laughs> now I'm so grateful.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: So, yeah, so I had a lot of experiences. Um, did get a chance to go to Nicaragua for an extended period of time when I was a young child, and you know, just got to see things um that expanded my my view on mm-hmm. what it is to um live in different environments and um see different cultures and and that really was a wonderful thing and it made me gave me a little bit of that wanderlust but then when i thought in terms of where do i want to settle because mm-hmm. i'm not one of those people that could you know live uh in my vehicle and just travel i need a home base to recharge mm. and- That's how I got here. And so um, I still hope to travel more in retirement. We'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my mom, when she was... She's the youngest of four. And my nana, so her mom, was... Quite the traveler. And so she did not let her kids, you know, when people say, "Oh, well, I have the kids, like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, mama packed them all up in a bus, a car, a plane, or whatever she needed to do, and just dragged them on along <laughs> wherever she wanted to go. So she went through Europe. She got to see many of the different states in the U.S. And it, similarly, my mom said at the time she was a kid, so it was misery. But now as an adult, it's sort of a, uh, wow, that, what a, what well, what a gift was that? That was great. So, um,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think it really does. It, it did spark my imagination. It did get me interested in education and Mm -hmm. uh, because I was learning at the same time, you know, in those experiences. And so I think that was maybe where that, that little, um, kernel started was just experiencing, Um, different people different places and then I knew as I got older that that would develop into some form of working with people Mm -hmm. or education yeah
0: and why health education of all the different variety of ways that education could manifest what was it about health education that hooked you
1: um, you know honestly it, it's really a circuitous route right that everybody I think a lot of people have this situation where you know I, I started school with the intention of being um, an early childhood educator I mm-hmm. thought I wanted to teach grade school um, and that was because I had had I had had some really positive um, mentors in my life that you um, were educators and, and they all, you know, kind of hit that time frame in my life. And so I thought, oh, this is wonderful. And I just want to help people. I want to help children. Um, and, and then once I was in school, I realized, yeah, I don't really like all of these. Classes. <laughs> I want, I want to do the fun things. I don't want to have to write all day and do all that. So, um, I realized at that time, um, I had, I had moved I had moved back to Oregon. I was in Southern Oregon um, and, and it's, there's a lot of outdoor activity and I got very interested in health and wellness and the body. Mm -hmm. And so I changed uh, direction into physical therapy and it still gave me an opportunity to help people, to educate people. But it was, it was a very tangible hands-on thing. Like I could actually help people manipulate their bodies and, and find a a better version of what they were experiencing before so so that's really kind of what happened and i worked in that realm for a long time and then uh my my father got sick my dad got sick Mm -hmm. with uh, an advanced stage cancer and i wanted to help him and i had all of these skills but they're they're really were no programs designed for cancer patients at that time. We had, you know, recovery for cardiac issues. We had therapy for stroke. We had, you know, all of these um, different modalities of therapy, but nothing that really spoke to cancer patients at that time. And so I kind of took a deep dive and I started reaching out to anybody in the field um, that had information in terms of how do we create a therapy program for people going through treatment. And I did two additional years of study with an incredible group of people in um, Southern California and got my license to be a um, cancer exercise specialist. And then I just developed a program because there wasn't anything like it. And so it was kind of selfish, you know, because I really wanted it for my my, my person, my dad, and, um, and it turned into something that's become sort of the love of my life, and, and it's still something that I do to this day. Um, but that just opened doors, and I was, I was already um, taking on patients from providers at Salem Health, and uh, you know, a, a, a conversation came about about what it would be like to have a health education center a physical place where people could come and seek information, you know, maybe they're scared. They just got a new diagnosis and they're looking for more information. Uh, Maybe it's a family member, you know, maybe it's just a community member who, who really doesn't, you know, they know they have a family history and they want to tackle that in advance. And so that conversation, um, you know, I spent with some really talented and incredibly smart people and, and I took notes furiously. I mean, it was just a conversation. And I left that, that um, moment feeling just this incredible excitement about what could we do? What could we do on a bigger scale? And, mm-hmm. and that was it. And then pretty soon I was just part of the team and we were, we were building the CHECK.
0: <laughs> and the CHECK stands for?
1: Community Health Education Center. Gotcha.
0: Okay, and so as you're asking questions, what could we do if we had like a physical space? What kinds of answers came up in those conversations?
1: Uh, you know, we, we started looking at what the needs were, right? And this mm-hmm. is something that continues to this day. We, we had ideas about what people needed, um, but we didn't dare to believe that we knew best and so we started looking at data about what, where were the gaps in our community in terms of health? And I think when we first started out, um, we really didn't know. And that that is a blessing in many, many ways because you can try all kinds of things and you don't know what hasn't worked before. And so we decided uh, we were going to do classes on physical activity and we were gonna do cooking classes and we were gonna do classes on Uh, adult mental health and sharpening your memory and, you know, you name it. It was like everything we could pull um, a data point on that was in need in the community, we figured out a way to just get on it and to provide some form of education around it in the center. So that's how we, that's how we started that ball roll.
0: (laughs) It's really, it sounds like you're like the the big picture intent is to empower people. You're trying to give them some measure of uh, power back to influence their own
1: lives. Yes, for sure. And that was part of our mission statement was to empower the community um, to achieve better health and wellness. And, you know, that's kind of a broad statement, but it was really about how do you get information to people? So. The, the right information, the evidence-based current information, not just the stuff they could Google up that could be anything, you know, you can find all kinds of things. Uh, but we wanted to get the right information to the folks that needed it at the right time and in the right way. So, you know, the center uh, has print materials and we, we started looking at how do adults learn Um, And print is wonderful, but uh, we needed to make sure that we had, you know, auditory options and we needed to make sure that we had something for kinesthetic learners. So we had shelf models brought in and all of that became available. It wasn't just come look at it, but don't touch. It was see it, touch it, feel it. Um, And then here's a a health educator or a a RN educator, nurse educator, and they're going to help answer what questions you have.
0: Hmm. So then if I'm coming in, would I have to be a patient of the hospital at the check or like how, how would somebody who, you know, might need to know information about any topic on health find their way into the check?
1: The check is open to anybody, anybody in our community or beyond that um, is seeking uh, health information or just in general needs help with locating resources. Um, so we're, we just take any and all. We're just happy to help anybody at any time. Um,
0: mm.
1: You know, we can't do it all on our own. So we have a lot of partnerships with other local organizations that do this work. And uh, we, share, we share information and swap those resources back and forth. Sometimes people just need someone to sit and help them kind of pull information together so that they can activate. Um, Because when you're in the middle of something health-related, it tends to be a time that people feel paralyzed to do. And so our job is to really help get them clear information and then give them some measurable goals to aim for and then provide whatever help they need. If they need additional education or assistance, great, we've got it. If they're good on their own, fabulous. Call us when you need more help. Hmm,
0: That's beautiful. And, you know, as we're recording this, it's December of 2020, (laughs) the dreaded 2020. (laughs) Um, My mom at some point found some meme that said, you know, at at what point is 2020 going to be a curse word? Like, you know, oh, that's a load of 2020. (laughs) Uh, so we're almost a full year into COVID, uh, at least in the U.S. And so what what would you say are the greatest impacts that COVID has had on the work?
1: You know, I think um, delivery, delivery is the challenge now, uh, just because we have some strict guidelines for people coming into the hospital campus space. Uh, which mm-hmm. makes total sense, right? We're trying to protect not only our patients, but also uh, their friends, family, and our community members during this time. Um, so we're not accelerating the spread. Um, mm-hmm. So we aren't able to do in-person classes the way we have always done for the last 11 years. This is new territory and uh, we're learning, we're, we're learning. We have a lot of incredibly talented uh, individuals on the team that understand technology and have brought forward some new ideas kind of like this podcast (laughs) uh, to reach people in a whole different way and you know I think not only is delivery and the model of delivery our biggest challenge but also just knowing where people are at right now and understanding what they need and and how much is enough and how much is too much um, as people are sort of managing the day-to-day of yeah. this pandemic and and the fires and all the crisis that have gone on you know how much can people really absorb right now and how much are they ready for
0: yeah and what is it that they want to absorb that's another thing too like in and what way so is it that they want to just be able to passively dabble in something you know, here and there are, are they actually hungry for something to do because they're going crazy doing nothing in their houses or you know you know and I'm sure it's all over the full like it's a full spectrum it's all over the gambit but yeah trying to figure out who needs what and how to best deliver it in a way that feels like a gift as opposed to yet another to-do list item
1: absolutely absolutely yeah and then
0: in looking at the changes that we've had to go through you'll know, Classes going virtual being one example. Um, what changes do you think might stick and what do you think will probably slingshot back? And obviously, you're not going to, you know, there's no money riding on this. You don't have to get it right. But what is, what do your spidey senses tell you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot about people's attitudes right now and, um, and that people are hungry for sincerity they're hungry for the truth mm-hmm. uh, and they want they want to feel like they matter as a person as an individual mm-hmm. i think things that will stick will be <clears throat> will be our are just underlying commitment to people as individuals and however they take in information we're going to continue to try to do a hybridized model even after this is you know we go back to whatever the new normal is mm-hmm. some people will prefer to remain online and that will be okay and some people will prefer you know to have the community of other bodies sitting in the mm-hmm. same room sharing in their experience with them um but i think the the one thing that's going to hold out and will sustain us is just our the overarching idea that that we're seeing people uh for who they are um Mm -hmm. and where they are at what point in their journey to wellness and that um that is meaningful to us as well that we're not looking at people just as numbers i mean when you say community it's that that immediately brings to mind this sense of like the masses Mm -hmm. and we're really um We are really looking to have people be seen as individuals and in a greater sense, they're part of our community, but we're seeing you for you and we're going to help you um, find what you need. So I think that is the one thing that will remain. I have no idea (laughs) technology-wise what's going to actually stick with people. Are people going to be so starved to get out and see other people that they'll be like, we we all want to come, you know, (laughs) we'll all be there in your kitchen. (laughs) Well, Leah does amazing cooking demos. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I
0: mean, I'm, uh, you know, speaking of sort of meeting each individual where they are and in whatever way they absorb content and whatever makes them feel most comfortable. I always sort of assumed I was, you know, I I, I identify as being more of an introvert. Uh, I love people, but when I want to recharge. I do that by having some alone time and I assumed, you know, having technology be the primary modality that we use to connect would be a boon. It's like, Oh my God, I've been training my whole life for this. (laughs) Um, uh, but I was surprised by how hungry I got and how quickly I became hungry for just being in a physical space with a human being and how satisfying it can be. You know, in our case, us being as lucky as we are, we were able to come to a physical space, even if we're divided in you know different offices. Just the ability to see a human, even if it's six feet apart, <laughs> is wildly nurturing. So I can see it absolutely being the case that people going through a whole year of this would come on the other side saying, "I know I said I wanted Zoom and I know I said I didn't want to come and see people because that, that was dumb. But I was wrong. Can I please come and hang out?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has been uh, this has been a whole new uh, ball game, right? I mean, people who felt like they really enjoyed quality me time are actually also now saying, "Wow, I, I I've had enough me time. I'm ready for some us time."
0: Yes, I, I've now had the privilege of spending a lot of time in my own head. And I've discovered it's messy in there, and I like to be able to leave it on occasion. <laughs> um,
1: I, I sent out um, a Far Side comic, you know, to the team, and <clears throat> when I was looking through them, because I was trying to use humor as one of the lessons learned from 2020, because sometimes I don't want to learn a lesson. Sometimes I just want to wallow in. In my self pity of that this this is really crappy and mm-hmm. and I'm not there is no learning from it I'm just I just want it to be over <laughs> for some humor <laughs> uh, to to add some levity and I was looking through these Far Side comics and it was the comic of um, the psychiatry office and the dog is laying on the uh, the couch and he's saying to his therapist. You know, they never leave. I really miss me time. (laughs) Yes. So as much as we want time out, I think the animals are ready for us to have time out. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, God, if they could talk, I would be just. It would be really interesting to hear what they would have to say. You just know, at the very least, the cats would sort of be like, "I'm over it. Get out." Love you. Go away now, please. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Food in my bowl. You're done. Now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for your service. Now leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, and in looking at, so there's COVID is one piece right now. And then, of course, you know, like 2020 brought with it COVID and election And on top of that, yeah, fires. And I know we here in Oregon, you know, got to see a a glaring red sky, which was pretty, but also uh, terrifying. Um, But it's not just Oregon. It was the entire West Coast. So, you know, when people say things like, oh, you know, climate change isn't a thing. I mean, I'm no expert in climate change, but it's sort of like a, well... whatever your feelings are about it, the reality is the entire West Coast is on fire. It was just a streamline of red. And then on top of that, we had the economy just, we've got an economy that's basically just limping along right now. So that's, any one of those things would be enough to catch our attention and would be enough to have an impact on our health. And we kind of had to weather literally all four. And so now as we're coming out of all of these things, as you say, like whatever the new normal is going to look like, what do you think the greatest challenges that our community, what what are some of the greatest challenges our community faces as it relates to health right now? And maybe even try and foreshadow, what do you think in the very near future are going to be their greatest challenges?
1: Um, you know, physically our bodies are breaking down. We, uh, what we're seeing is an exacerbation of chronic disease. So, uh, individuals that otherwise could have, you know, gone out to the gym or were engaged in some healthy behaviors, aren't able to do that to the same extent as they were before. Um, or even start if they were ready, you know, if they felt like this, this time frame had motivated them to be healthier. It's very difficult to figure that out right now of what's available to you and at your disposal. And especially at a time where people are financially challenged, you know, setting up a home gym is not a reality for a lot of people, especially some individuals that are at the highest risk. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, chronic disease management is going to actually be on paper, probably our biggest challenge coming out of it. What I think we're gonna really see on a personal level is uh, people processing trauma. Uh, this mm-hmm. year has been a traumatic experience and there have been multiple things in, in this time frame that will leave people um, processing for quite some time. I think we're still in the shock and awe of it. People have gotten used to managing Um, the next calamity as it shows up. Mm -hmm. But I think once we get back to some semblance of normal, some of those feelings will start bubbling up as people go through even that, you know, the the cycle of grief and, um, you know, the things that were lost to them this year, uh, whether that was actually, you know, um, a person, an individual, or uh, it could have been, you know, a graduation or a wedding or, you know, all of the things personally, people had planned for themselves that they haven't had a chance to mourn the loss of yet. Mm -hmm. So I think personally, people will will spend probably the next year after the pandemic, just working through the emotions and um, thoughts and feelings of what what just happened and what they lived through. So
0: yeah, yeah, beautifully said, even if it's heroin, and it's a tragic kind of beauty.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, but it is, it's encouraging because it shows us the human spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. we're resilient people and resilience, you know, we talk about, it's a buzzword for health educators <laughs> right now, especially resiliency. Yeah. It's everything. Uh, and it's not something you're born with. Resiliency is developed and it's a learned um, set of skills that come from having to manage trauma and, um, while this is terrible, we will come out better, we will come out stronger, um, and hopefully it will help us reprioritize again. I think people were starting to feel that, that there wasn't a sense of community anymore, and hopefully when we come out of this, uh, we'll build stronger bonds with our neighbors and our friends and our family, because it will have become clear how important that is to us through this process.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's that classic uh, idiom or verbiage of, you know, you never know what you've got until it's gone. It's when suddenly you think, oh, community shmunity, that's just, you know, sissy, la-la, airy-fairy stuff. And then when it's taken away from you, you realize, oh, no, this is as much a vital ingredient as food.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly how I feel when my Oreos run out. (laughs) Yes. I never know what I had until they're gone. And then I'm like, Oh no. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Well, so then looking at, so this, let's say it's a year from now and we're still doing this podcast and we're now in the space where we can be talking about any number of different areas of health and wellness. And we are in the position where we can deliver it in any way we see fit because it's, I mean, COVID may or may not be around still, but it won't be as great a menace. That is the hope anyway. Um, What would you hope people, if they were hearing about our podcast and listening in, it's like, oh, hey, Nancy, I heard you on the podcast. What would you hope that people would be saying about this podcast a year from now when it's out into the community and people are buzzing about it?
1: That's a really good question. And I I don't, think i have a fully formulated thought around that um you know i would hope that people would be tuning in because they find value because they learned something new uh maybe that they didn't even know that they wanted to know but they came away with some pearl of wisdom or uh some some new tool or trick that could impact their health positively Mm -hmm. uh I would hope that people would would be entertained Mm -hmm. that it would be a wholesome entertainment uh that that doesn't have to have shock value to to be worthy you know so i i'm not really sure i'm not really sure i just hope this gains some legs and you know that the the individuals who um enjoy podcasts really do pick up on this and and feel like it's valuable and that they're they're gaining something from listening.
0: Yeah, well said. And I, I think for me, I, another element too would be just bringing the humanity back into health and wellness. Um, I think the, the upside of the health and wellness industry is that its aim is glorious. It's intended to give people, the masses if you will, or communities, a sense of empowerment. Like you have a role to play in your own experience of your own body. And, you know, doctors are phenomenally helpful, but they are only one piece. They are basically consultants. You are also a huge part of you know what makes up your day-to-day life and you making changes may be the most powerful tool you've got in your arsenal. It's just that the shadow side of wellness is on the flip side of all of that. I think it's really easy to then go, oh, well, if you're sick, it must be your fault. You didn't eat enough broccoli or you didn't move your body enough, which I think that's part of our challenge right now with COVID is, you know, people are exhausted right now. So the last thing in the world we want to do is make them feel like they should be ashamed of the things they're not getting done right now. Or the, the yeah, the, oh, you're not exercising. You're not building six pack abs in the midst of COVID. What's wrong with you? um and so it's really about trying to bring the humanity back into health and wellness because it's supposed to be messy and it's supposed to be a journey and it's supposed to be if at all possible fun you know entertaining like it health is like the the definition of the word is uh, i think if you look at the root of it is rooted in the word whole and it's like that's that's the like we're all human beings and we're all messy and Even us health educators who live and breathe this stuff go home at night and appreciate Oreos and, you know, don't necessarily want to talk about gratitudes and, you know, what some people are now calling toxic positivity. It's like sometimes I just want to be a human being, not a human doing. And so that would be my hope to kind of tag along on it is that people see, especially in hearing from people like yourself, who is such a beacon and you have a wealth of knowledge that it's, it's, you're still a human with human thoughts and feelings and challenges. So I would just be the last thing I would tag onto that.
1: I, I love that. And, you know, I think everything, um, you were just talking about, you know, If people just know, inherently know that they are not alone, Mm. that we see them, we hear them, and we believe that they are valuable and that we can help um, is is really our our common goal.
0: Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for that
1: thanks for having me yeah
0: absolutely (laughs) thank you i mean so appreciate your time um you know many of our listeners aren't going to know all of the myriad of things that you do and all of the hats you wear so the fact that you're able to carve out some time for me and for the podcast is big (laughs) so so much gratitude for you um thank you so much for coming on today
1: absolutely my pleasure thank you leah you're so welcome take good care